Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, hi. You know, this week I thought I was going to get off easy. I thought I'd just do a short kind of holiday theme podcast and we'd take a little break this week. Not going to be that way, it looks like. I'm not sure how long we'll go today. I hope we don't go 48 minutes. But, you know, the questions just keep coming in and I can't resist, can't resist responding. So thanks for the questions. I do appreciate them. It keeps my life interesting and hopes it does yours as well. So we're going to go through some things here, but uh, it may be a little bit shorter than typical since we are here in the week before Christmas. I know my mind is kind of going in that direction. Well, not kind of, I mean, it's totally going on that. We've been going to some wonderful Christmas programs. Hope you have as well. This is a good time to be enjoying the season, enjoying friends and relationships, basking in how great a year it was, hopefully, and certainly having the positive anticipation of the year to come. Well, I'm going to be telling you about a special from my friends at Harry's Razors. If you need a last-minute Christmas gift, uh, stick around for that. But uh, I'm going to be titling today's episode, Do You Have a First-Rate Intelligence? Now, you'll know why here in a little bit, because I'm going to reflect back on something I said last week, and a whole lot of you have question me about it. So do you have a first rate intelligence? Now, here's some of the questions we'll be looking at today. Well, Dan, I think I've been in my dream job for the past three years. It goes on a good, good story I want to share with you. Uh, Somebody says, how do I negotiate a starting wage? Here's one. This is, this is the question in its entirety. Can you help me? I would like to know what I'm good at, please. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll work on that a little bit. Somebody says, Dan, I'm one of the frustrated, stuck, and in despair ones. My hope is almost gone. Here's an interesting one. What do you do when you've always believed you're a fish, and then someone tells you you're a bird? That's a cool question. And somebody wants to know, how does someone that's just getting started get into a mastermind? Now, I told you that our theme is, do you have a first-rate intelligence? Here is a quotation from F. Scott Fitzgerald who said the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. Now, here's why I chose that. Last week, I had somebody question the fact that I had recommended my friend Rabbi Daniel Lappin's book, Business Secrets of the Bible. And in that, he says, Forget this garbage about following your passion. That's the stupidest graduation message kids ever hear. You know, just find something that needs to be done and do it really well. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he said. And I said, you know, and and the listener wondered why with my emphasis on passion, I would promote that book. Well, now here's the deal. There's a whole lot of books where I find one theme, one sentence in the book, that I don't particularly agree with, and yet I love the book overall. Now, I hope you do as well. I mean, don't reject a person, an idea, a book, because there's one thing that you don't agree with. Now, I do believe strongly that we need to integrate passion 
in work that we do. And I explained that last week. I won't go back over that, but you know, there are three legs to the stool. You've heard me talk about it. Passion, talent, and market. If you have talent in doing something and there is a market for it, you can make a lot of money and be miserable in doing it. You'll burn out without passion. It doesn't last. And I can lead you to a whole lot of people who I've had contact with over the years, attorneys, dentists, physicians, pastors, who have proven their ability to do something well, but they hate the life they've created because it doesn't connect with their passion. So I'm going to stick my guns on that. Now, how does that mean that I reject everything Rabbi Lappin says in that book? No, not at all. I think it's a phenomenal book and I'll continue to recommend it. The fact that there are one or two things that don't line up totally with me, not a big deal. Well, <laughs> now for, for one thing you ought to recognize, uh, Rabbi Daniel Lappin is an Orthodox Jew, and I happen to be a Christian. I consider him one of my dearest friends. You might assume, rightly so, there are some other things that we differ opinions on. That doesn't negate the value of our friendship. Okay, let me move on. You know, I just I just read an interview that Darren Hardy, who's publisher of Success Magazine, did with David Foster, the famous music producer. You know, I'm sure you've heard of him. You know his work, if nothing else, because he's he's worked with people like Celine Dion, Josh Groban, Michael Bublé, Beyonce, and a whole host of other people. Now, at 65 years old, David continues to work far more than 40 hours a week. Now, Darren Hardy wondered why. I mean, with wealth and fame beyond measure, why wouldn't David take a break? I mean, isn't the goal really for all of us to make enough money so we don't have to work so hard? Now, here's David's response. He said, on a Saturday morning when it's quiet, there's no place I'd rather be on the planet. No exotic beach, no lounge chair, no golf course, no place I'd rather be than in my studio making great art. That's not working. That's living. Now, it's it's pretty clear that what drives David Foster to continue to work is not money. It's not fame. It's love. He absolutely loves his work. Now he continues in this interview. He says, if you'd rather be anywhere other than doing your great work on a Saturday morning, then you're probably doing the wrong thing or looking at it the wrong way. Now maybe we carried that to an extreme there, but I mean, that's obviously another example of, of having passion about your work. If it was just talent that he had, He'd find an excuse to do other things a whole lot of time. But his passion is what drives him to do it. It's not just being good at it and knowing there's a market for it. It's passion. So what do you think? I mean, is that kind of love of work reserved for just a lucky few? Or is that something we really can all plan for? Now, I won't force you to make this decision, but would you rather work on a Saturday morning than do anything else? Again, I have to think back, golly, just this last Saturday. I mean, I was sitting at a kitchen table, but I was hand addressing Christmas cards to go out with notes in them. Did it pretty much all weekend long. Now, was that part of my work? Yes, it was. Because those are specific people that I've connected with this year. Um, Hopefully some of you will receive a card from me. But I didn't resent that. I mean, I didn't sit there hating what I was doing. I was excited about it. We had a really cool card. Actually, my daughter helped me design a really cool card that we sent out this year. 
in 48 days, and I was really excited about it. I'm, I'm excited about just people receiving those. I, I enjoy doing that. Well, we'll circle back around that. Some of the some of the questions certainly relate to that. Now, I want to tell you about my my friends at Harry's. Now, this is this is where I get my razors. Yeah, you may think, well, how is this connected? Well, it is. Trust me, you've heard about it. You've heard me talk about other things that are part of a, a great lifestyle. And this is a cool company. I love what they're doing. Love how they're doing it. And they got a deal going on right now. If you need a last minute Christmas special, boy, jump on there. You get free shipping for any order over $10. Now the basic pack, I mean, they've got some new ones and they got a new foaming gel that's out. That's uh, really smooth. I mean, the first time I put it on, it was like, whoa, this stuff is slick. And what I get I get the Truman set. You can check it out. Go to harrys.com. I get the Truman set. It's got an orange handle. It's got the foaming gel. It's got uh, three German engineered blade cartridges. I mean, it's a really cool set. So check it out. Just go to the harrys.com. Enter the coupon code 48 days. And that's going to give you a $5 discount at checkout. And it's going to change the way you shave forever. So check it out. Well, let me give you a couple success stories here real quick. Kent Sanders says, I saw your recent post on setting aside a, a shelf in your office where you keep copies of the books people have sent you in recognition of how you've helped them. I wanted to do the same. Last week, my book called 30 Days of Evernote for Churches was released by Church Mag Press. It's a guide for pastors and church leaders on using the Evernote app, which has become so popular the last few years. Yesterday, I was coaching a friend on how to set up his WordPress site, and I gave him a few resources to check out that I knew would help in his personal and professional life. At the end of our session, I said, the single biggest thing that has helped me in the last couple of years is Dan Miller's 48days.net community, and I meant every word. I encouraged him to sign up and get involved in a couple groups. For nearly 20 years, I've been telling my wife about the books I'm going to write. I've had lots of ideas, but never took decisive action. Because of your encouragement and the 48 Days community, I finally stopped making excuses and just did it. Thanks for making a difference in my life and the life of so many others. I would also note that it's very gratifying to see those emails telling me I've made a sale. And uh, Ken attached a PDF of his book. Nicely done, Ken. And congratulations on making that happen. I'm not just talking about it, but on actually doing it. Hey, thanks for your note. Well, let me grab one more here. Now, I'm going to change the name on this one. He asked me not to use his real name. And you'll, he says, but he doesn't want his bosses to know how much he loves his job. Uh, I'm not sure what that means, if they're going to then take advantage of you, if they, you think they, that you love your job too much. Well, anyway, we'll call him Joe. Joe says, I'm a big fan and longtime online radio and newsletter follower. I enjoy every week's online radio broadcast, but I can't help but notice that a big part of the compensation for people both with a traditional job or as an entrepreneur is not mentioned that much. That part is the amount of freedom to manage your schedule and work week. A lot of time is talked about doubling or tripling your salary, and that's very important. Please don't stop talking about that. But what about the ability to pick up your kids from school or have a life outside work? Just as important is that I set my priorities and schedule. Those things are just as important, meaning if not more so. With your help and following your system, along with listening to your online radio show, I've been in what I think of as my dream job for the past three years. 
I'm doing the exact same things I was doing on a previous company that paid more. But if that first company were to offer me double or even more than what I'm currently making, I would turn them down cold. In full disclosure, I make about $65,000 a year as a single dad in Nashville, which is very comfortable for us. The way I see things is that freedom of schedule, freedom to be with your family and to have a life outside of work has a value. Just like pay has a value for this season in my life, trading time and freedom for more pay holds no interest for me. Maybe once my son is out of the house in 10 years, that story may change. From everything I read about happiness, there's a Goldilocks curve when it comes to how much money you earn. Too little and you have a problem for sure. Too much, maybe over 150000 and you start reaching diminishing returns and it can actually make you less happy. Hmm. Anyway, Joe says I'm a big fan and follow you weekly. I'm not against adding more value for my firm or getting a pay raise. That's a big reason why I listen to you. I just think that negotiating a deal for the freedom to set your schedule and expectations is just as important, if not more so, than how much you get paid. I agree 100%. Maybe we don't talk about that enough, but I think I did talk about uh, just, well, I don't know, in the last couple of weeks about having margin where I schedule about 85% of my time so that I have 15% that's just flex time. If one of my grandkids walks in my office, boom, a neighbor comes by, wants to show me something, but that happens a lot. Or I decide to take a break and walk around the, 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 the circle that includes our two mailboxes and see some other neighbors and check on things. Man, I do the, things like that a lot. So I hope I don't uh, talk about, now, and I am not trying to get down to a four-hour work week. I mean, again, I can't imagine doing that because I do enjoy my work too much. And I think if you enjoy your work, you know, 40 hours is a pretty reasonable time frame in which to, to work and do something that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. But I appreciate your input, Joe. I'm delighted that you're in your dream job. And I agree with you totally that, you know, money is not the only thing. And, and frankly, that's the reason, the, the number one reason that people are drawn to doing something entrepreneurial is not money, it's control, it's time flexibility. That's the number one reason people are drawn to doing something on their own, and rightfully so. Well, let's crank up our little music here. Congratulate those who sent success stories. Got a lot more in there. We'll get to those in upcoming weeks, but thanks for those. If you got a success story, hey, just go to the 48days.com site. Look at a podcast link, look for a little red starburst there you can put your story in there or just send it directly to me at askdan at 48days.com we'll put you in here love to hear these stories love to put you in this group that we call the champions every week we're right cranking it up here all right now gonna go on i'm gonna change the name in the next one too we'll we'll call this one bob Bob says, we hear from the most excited, he's quoting me. Last week I said, we hear from the most excited and the most despaired, especially this time of year. Some of you are frustrated by feeling stuck and others are thrilled at the new opportunities you're seeing. Bob says, I am one of the frustrated, stuck, and in despair ones. My hope is almost gone, except for my hope in Christ. I sent you a note back in 2008 about being out of work for four years. <laughs> In 2009, 
I got a good paying job in an executive position. I was fired in March of 2012 and haven't landed a job since. So you got a job in 2009, was there for three years. Now it's two years later, haven't had a job since. It's not for lack of looking. I've sold some final expense life insurance, also applied for just about every job you can think of, including fast food worker, pizza delivery driver, graphic designer, dollar store assistant manager, UPS assistant delivery person, grocery store stock person, home improvement store stock person, Walmart worker. I have tons of ideas for making money off my website as a fine artist, running a curated content website centered around particular topics of interest, all designed to spread the income eggs into different baskets. I'm a member of 48days.net and look forward to your brainstorming session recordings each week. My problem has been financial. I would love to take advantage of your specials, for example, but I can't even afford the extra dollars it would take to purchase even one of your special discounted holiday offerings. I struggle with my wife's understandable frustration. She is one who I will have to show that success is the best revenge to quote you. She's not confident that I can make a comfortable living as an artist. God bless you, Dan, your wife, and your staff. I'll some con- somehow keep logging on and reading and listening to 48 Days. Okay, Bob, s- something is dramatically wrong here. Now, I don't have enough information to be an expert on this, but I'm going to give you a couple areas to look at. When you say that you have been two years and can't get a job and you've applied for fast food worker, pizza delivery driver, grocery store stock person, something is really wrong. Now, I mean, if you breathe, you can have a ring through your nose and spike purple hair and get those jobs. Something is dramatically wrong. Either people are simply revolted when you walk in the room And I don't suspect that's the case, really. I suspect that what's going on is that you really wouldn't love to be making money from your website as a fine artist. And that thus you are somehow sabotaging all your efforts to get a job because that's not really what you want. Now, let me know if I'm way off base here, but I really suspect and hope that that's the case. And that's okay as a starting point. But again, yeah, your wife is going to be frustrated if you go two years, four years without a job. I mean, that, that's just, you, you can't do that. You've got to get in the game, even if it is a low level position. But I, I mean, I've been, I've told you stories here about sitting in Taco Bell and seeing somebody walk in the door and get hired on the spot when they didn't have much to offer. And certainly didn't look like a good candidate. I mean, driving around Franklin, Tennessee right now, there are signs everywhere. There are big banners in the front yard that people are hiring. I can't imagine you being willing to go to those kind of jobs and not being offered a job on the spot. I mean, 47% of jobs are still gotten by simply walking in the door. Now, again, these are not executive positions. These are not seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year positions. But if you need something at 15, 20 bucks an hour, yeah, you, you ought to be able to walk out tomorrow and get that. I suspect something you're doing is sabotaging 
letting people know you really don't want that, that you think somehow that's not up to your standards. You'd really rather be doing something else. But if you change that mentality and recognize you need to be producing a paycheck next week, then get out there and do that. But now what I would encourage you to do is stop looking for a job. Now, doesn't that sound like I just contradicted myself? I'm talking about for one hour, stop looking for a job and ask yourself what it is that you do that has value. I mean, if you're just going out and asking somebody to give you a paycheck, nobody needs to give you a paycheck. Nobody just wants to write you a check. People only want to have you around if there's something that you have of value. So ask yourself what it is that you do that has value. Now we talk a lot here about finding or creating work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. In your situation, I know what I would do. I wouldn't go look for a job. I'd create something that people would find of value. I mean, in times when I was in graduate school or I didn't want to be tied down to a, a job, I'd go out and find six people that needed a screen door repaired, a ceiling fan hung, you know, something done, wood stocked in the backyard. I mean, just odd jobs like that seems to be extremely easy to get. I mean, there are construction crews where they need people just to do cleanup after a project. There are guys who are doing stone walls. I mean, you ought to be able to drive around your neighborhood and find places where they could just use an extra hand, especially right now, this time of year. One time, my oldest son at Christmas time, he went to UPS. That's one of the things that you talk about here. He went to UPS. Well, he was a professional bike racer, bicycle racer at the time. They brought him on and what they would do is they would take a big 18 wheeler out into a neighborhood that had about 350 homes in it, as I recall. They'd park the 18 wheeler there He had a bicycle with a cart behind it. Now, the cart was about uh, six by eight. I mean, it was really like a little trailer. He would load street by street the boxes for that neighborhood and deliver them on his bicycle. Now, think about that. It's a very innovative way. He was very quick. He could move as fast as the truck could through the neighborhood. There's no gas being burned. He could, without making any noise, deliver those packages. It was a, it was a great program, both for UPS and for Kevin, my son in doing that. But think about what it is you do that has value. Now, uh, again, what I would look for is, you know, what is it that you could spend five bucks on at a garage sale and sell for 15 on eBay? And if you ramp that model up, if it's baseball cards or if it's silverware or something that you can do like that. And I just, I just bought a couple stickers um, a couple interesting stickers I wanted for our kids and just went online. There's somebody, you know, making stickers or you can get on places like cafe press or Zazzle where you design something, just design it zero cost. You said you, you talked about wanting to be a graphic designer. If you can design things, you can do those on sites and I can give you lots of sites where you can go design it as a t-shirt, a sticker, book cover, whatever. And only when people buy it, then you are paid and you are paid for that. But there's something stuck here and it's not because nobody's hiring. Not at all. There's something that is blocking you and you have got to get past it. You're going to destroy your most important relationships. I mean, here's, I mean, nobody wants to hire somebody who needs to be hired to survive. 
I mean, being depressed and frustrated is not attractive. People want to hire energized people who are passionate and excited about what they're doing. I mean, jobs come as a result of being engaged in the world and building strong relationships. Boy, wish we had time to go deeper. That's a good one to park on for a long, long time. I feel your pain and certainly don't want to be hard on you, but uh, you're in the driver's seat and you can change the results you're getting pronto. Hey, the music means you got a question. You can go to the 48 Days site, click on the podcast link, look for the yellow or the red rather starburst. Leave your question there. I'd be happy to consider that for an upcoming week's online radio show. Well, let me get through a couple more here. Again, I hope we can not go quite as long today. I'm getting ready to take a few days off, take and join the Chicago as we do every year. So looking forward to that. Hope you've got some exciting things in the next couple of weeks as well. Well, Aaron says, I've been listening to your podcast now for a while, and I hope you'll be able to point me in the right direction with a question I have. I've been an architect for 15 years. And the other day I was thinking about closet doors and how all the options kind of suck. I had an idea that I think could be really popular and successful, but I see two major hurdles that I'm worried about. The first is getting funding to develop a prototype and work out all the mechanical details. The second is even though I've never seen anything like it in the marketplace, I'm afraid that the idea is so simple that everyone will copy it and I won't get to really benefit from it. You challenged us listeners to start taking action on our dreams. So I'm trying to figure out the next steps to take. This may not be your area of expertise, but I'm guessing that you'll know who can help. I would appreciate any advice you can give. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for your question, Aaron. Man, I love it. So closet doors, current options suck. You got a better idea. If you go looking for funding for that, you'll get stuck in the water. You'll divert your attention to the wrong issue and never do anything. Don't look for funding. I mean, what do you need to build a couple closet doors, a prototype in a hundred bucks? I mean, don't, don't look for funding. You don't need funding. It makes no sense at this stage of the game at all. Build a prototype, show it to all your friends. Now that addresses the second part of your question. you you think it's so simple, you know, somebody else will just start doing it. You have way more to gain by showing it to all your friends and asking them what they think, then there is risk of somebody else taking your idea. People are busy with their own lives. Show it to everybody you know. I mean, walk into Home Depot and show it to them. I mean, get feedback that helps you make the idea better when you get some kind of a prototype that you think is worthwhile. For one thing, great ideas are going to attract money. If at some point you decide you don't want to go into the manufacturing. You aren't sure how to handle that. You aren't sure how many colors to offer. Then go to a, go to a place like quirky.com. Q-U-I-R-K-Y. You've heard me talk about that. They'll help you evaluate the idea. They're good folks. They'll help you evaluate the idea. And if it's something that is worth developing, they'll develop it for you. And you get a percentage of the profits. It's a very reasonable way to go. Don't go to one of these late night on TV invention idea help places. No, don't do that. The way that works is they'll come back and say, Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing since peanut butter. Wow. We've already got companies asking us about this. All we need is $4,500 to get a patent on this. 
And then we'll move to the next phase. And so you send them your $45 and they come back and say, oh my gosh, we get companies just chomping at the bit that are in love with your idea. All we need is $10,000 to do the marketing for this and you're going to be rich. And you send them a 10,000, you can see where that go, that's going. Don't do that. Don't do that. You know, when you, when you get a prototype, let me know, you know, send me a design graphic and I'll help you get help that'll help you move it along, but just make a prototype. I mean, yeah, act on your dream. Absolutely. It's a cool idea. I mean, I'm sure not going to you know, look over your shoulder and try to take the idea away. And neither is anybody else. Get a prototype, show it to your friends, get feedback, see if it's something that you want to move forward on. All right. Andrew says, I've considered myself an introverted person. I love working by myself. Being around lots of people is exhausting. And I've only in the past few years made improvements with my shyness and social anxiety. I just took the disc profile and it placed me as a high I, which is an influencer motivator going on to read through the profile. It's totally right. It describes me yet. I'm having trouble reconciling this with my idea about myself being an introvert. Is there such a thing as an I introvert or as a, am I a closet extrovert? Should I start seeking out more social situations? What do you do when you've always believed you're a fish and then someone tells you you're a bird? Well, I love your question, Andrew, and recognize from your email address uh, who you are. The things that you do as a designer, a graphic designer are amazing. Now, here's the deal. You just, you've always thought about yourself as an introverted person. You took the disc and it shows you as an I, which would indicate being an extrovert. Somebody is very outgoing. Never allow a computerized profile, even if it's our 48 days personality profile to become more real than you, the person. Ultimately, you're the judge of that. You ought to be able to look at the characteristics and without even taking the profile, define what is true for you. I mean, in 48 Days to the Work You Love, I have a very, very simple checklist. If you go through that, you ought to be able to determine what really makes sense for you. So don't allow a computerized profile to override what you know about yourself. However, what is it that you know about yourself? I mean, are you really an introverted person? Are you more comfortable being by yourself, being shy as you describe it? You know, are you really looking for more social situation. Ask other people who know you well, what they think about you. I mean, I know myself pretty well. I mean, I've been working on this stuff a very long time. So if somebody comes along and says, oh, Dan, I think you're this, or some test says, gee, I think you're this. I'm not going to have that outweigh years of personal introspection and experience that I have. I mean, I did a, a test a couple years ago. A friend of mine was developing a new program and it was really testing for ADD, ADHD. And he says, my gosh, you are. He says, one of the things you'll, you certainly never want to do is have a window in your office where you can see the window, even out of the corner of your eye, if you're working with somebody coaching them. And I laughed because that's exactly the way I have it set up purposely. I have it set up so I have a, a big window big bay window in my office where I can look out. I can see the birds. I can see grandkids. If they're out there, I can see deer. I can see the UPS truck coming up the driveway, whatever. I mean, I can't imagine being in a room where I didn't have that extra kind of diversion in addition to having somebody sitting in my office that I'm talking to anyway. So I, I laughed and rejected that and went on, you know, don't, don't let this change 
change your life. Now, however, you say, what do you do when you have always believed you're a fish and then someone tells you you're a bird? Well, there's another quotation that I like as well from Jack Rosenbaum who said, if one person tells you you're a horse, they're crazy. If three people tell you you're a horse, there's a conspiracy afloat. If 10 people tell you you're a horse, it's time to buy a saddle. So look at it in that way. Ask 10 people if they think you're an introvert or an extrovert and why. Tell them to back that up. So get that information and then be comfortable. I mean, go on ahead with that. My goodness. Don't, um, don't think it's time to switch boats here in the middle of the stream. I don't know. And, and if you, another thing I would recommend is get the book quiet. Now you can go to audible podcast. Uh, let's see. What is that? That my gosh, I forgot my, my site there. Audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. Go there and look for Susan Cain's book quiet get the audio version and you ask yourself, I mean, what she does is validate the fact that a whole lot of people are introverted. We need to validate that. I mean, we start in school uh, making kids feel bad if they're not extroverts. If you're quiet and want to sit inside during recess and read a book, you're weird. Get out there, play with kids, be a socialite. Well, that doesn't fit everybody. I mean, churches are set up that way. I mean, look at the structure of most organizations. They validate extroversion, not introversion. So I read Susan Cain's book, Quiet, and if it resonates with you as well, then be comfortable being an extrovert and be proud of it. Not a problem at all. There's a group in 48days.net. They aren't very active. It's hilarious because it's a group for extroverts. Well, they don't reach out much, but there is there is a group there, and you can go there and check that out. Okay, this comes from, where's my where's the name here? Okay, I don't see the name. Hi, Dan, I got turned on to FBA selling on Amazon in early November because of Ron Lauterbach's interview with you. You quoted somebody as saying, a paraphrase, I couldn't find it, but pay any price to get around great people. But at the same time, you said you've turned down people for masterminds because they couldn't bring much, if any, value. How does someone that's just getting started get into a mastermind? Or should I wait until I got some more practical experience and something to offer? I'm an IT guy, so I can bring some of that to the table. But at an Amazon mastermind, I might just be listening. Thanks for listening and keep those great Amazon related pieces, brainstorming sessions and podcasts coming. Also, thanks for helping me get to work. I love in a vocation that fits my life. Well, the, the quotation that you referenced you know, pay any price to get around great people was actually from Mike Murdoch who said, pay any price to be in the company of extraordinary people. And I truly, truly believe that. Now, as to your question, how does someone that's just getting started, get into a mastermind or should I wait until I've got some practical experience, something to offer? You should have something to offer. I mean, I can't imagine not having something I mean, you didn't just get off the turnip truck. I mean, surely you have something to offer. Look for areas of expertise that you have that would benefit somebody else. So it may not be the same thing that you're looking for, the same benefit you're looking for, and rightfully so. It shouldn't. But certainly there are things that you can do you can bring to the table that do have value. Now, as far as getting into a mastermind, I mean, this is really a hot topic right now. And yes, I've got a mastermind. I'm part of a couple others, 
Um, I mean, I choose carefully both uh, the ones that I commit to and the people who are in the ones that I have. But, um, I mean, I don't want that to sound you know, exclusive or restrictive or anything, but it, it just, in order for mastermind to work, it has to be, you have to have some guidelines for it. It's not just a free for all or anybody that just happens to show up. It should be very strategic and intentional, but you can do the same no matter where you are, no matter where you feel you are, you ought to be able to find a mastermind. And, and, and here's the deal. Don't spend three months trying to find one that's perfect. If you don't find one easily, start one on your own. I mean, invite four other people to be in a mastermind that you're starting. I mean, my goodness, I love to see people. And I hear from people every week who say, wow, I started a mastermind. It's amazing what's happening. Yeah, it is, because that's the power of sharing ideas and resources. Absolutely. Now, here's a, here's a question. And this comes from Lucia. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right. Who says, and frankly, I'm, I apologize, but I, I don't know if that is a female or male. doesn't really matter. Here's the, here's the entire question. Dan, can you help me? I would like to know what I'm good at, please. Okay. If you're 10 years old, you should have a whole lot of information about what you're good at. I mean, look at those times when you just feel in the zone, like you were born to do this. And ask others who know you well. Think back over the last five years. I mean, make a list of the work you've done. Uh, make a list of what you've really despised and what you've really enjoyed. I mean, that's the way you figure out what you're good at and what you enjoy. But you ought to, as soon as you have any kind of track record at all, and, and really, I mean, we can do this with somebody who's 16 years old. I wasn't just joking about that. You really can. But certainly, if you're 30 years old, you've got a lot of information that you can draw from. Go back and look at that and start to identify what is it that you're good at? What is it that you enjoy? What is it that you are drawn to? Even if money is not the main focus and start to get a sense of what those patterns are. I just can't imagine living life and not having some kind of indication about what it is you're good at and what it is that you enjoy. Let me grab one more question here. Robert says, Happy holidays, Dan. Hope you and your family have a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hopefully I'll get a new job for the new year. My question is, how do I negotiate the starting wage? It's an entry-level position with limited tasks. The employer said they'll give me more. And if I can do the work, they'll increase my pay. But for now, they told me my task would be limited and what the starting pay would be. If offered the position, I would like to ask for a higher starting wage. How would I bring this up? Thanks, Robert. Well, Robert, you probably aren't going to be able to do that with what you describe if you are going for an entry-level position let's just describe i already talked about you know i um, was sitting in taco bell recently with my granddaughters and a kid walked in talked to the manager she asked him if he could start work the next day i mean this is a guy who did have a ring in his nose who had tattoos on his legs but he had shorts on when he came in so they were all exposed uh, what, didn't exactly present himself as a, a high-level candidate, but she asked if he could start the next day, and he did, and he's been a faithful employee there for quite a long time now. Now, minimum wage is seven twenty-five. She starts people at $8. 
uh, moved him very quickly to 10, incidentally. But here's the deal. If he would have said, gee, I won't work for eight, you know, if you pay me 12, I'll start. She said, no, my gosh, she's not going to do that because there's 20 other people who may walk in this afternoon who have the same kind of skills and background. It's easy to replace. So there's no uniqueness about what that person brings to the table. So if that's true, or if this is just an entry level position and it's something that they're going to have 300 candidates for, you don't have any bargaining room at all. It's only if it's something that you have unique skills in doing that very few people have that you have a unique bargaining position. So if you're, you have JD or DDS behind your name, you know, you have some training and some experience that is not common. Or if you have MD behind your name and you do brain surgery, yeah, there's not a lot of competition for that. That's why they get paid so much. So it just goes up the scale. But if it's an entry level position, you really can't negotiate for that. Now, if it's a $60,000 position, and it really does draw well on experience that you have, unique things that you can do. Yeah, you can probably get that to 70000 if they offer you sixty to start with. But this, that's not true if it's an 8 or $10 or even $15 an hour position. You just don't have much bargaining room at that, at that level of work. Well, let's kind of, let's kind of, uh, let's just do a, a quick recap here and we'll kind of wrap things up. Um, wanted to grab a couple of the quotations that I had. Well, I'm floundering to find my last page of notes. Well, you, you heard, you know, the things that we talked about. Here's kind of a recap. Stop looking for a job. Ask yourself what it is that you do that has value. All right. Here's another high point. If 10 people tell you you're a horse, it's time to buy a saddle. We got that one. And in a quotation, we were reminded of pay any price to be in the company of extraordinary people. And our quotation for the day from F. Scott Fitzgerald was the test of a first rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function and still retain the ability to be friends with people you disagree with. My goodness, if everybody around me agreed with me, I'd be bored. I'd get new friends. I want friends who, who challenge me, who have different views on things so we can have some interesting uh, discussions. I mean, I love that. So um, don't reject things that are different than you. Just start thinking so you have reason to think and reevaluate. Sometimes we get new information that allows us to reevaluate what we thought was truth. I mean, that's a fun process. This should be a lifelong process. Well, hey, enough of my going on here. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Thanks so much for being part of this community, for being one of those where we can actually have iron sharpens iron. I mean, that's a biblical concept, and I love that, where it's by having differing ideas that we can come together and learn more and end up better people all around. But it's in the sharing of ideas and resources that we can grow and be more successful, be more fulfilled, not only in terms of making more money, but have more margin in our lives have work that is meaningful, purposeful, fulfilling, and profitable. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart... So have a wonderful Christmas. Spend it with the people you love. From now on... Get excited about the new year coming. It's going to be here in a blink of an eye. This year went by in a blink of an eye. I can't believe 2014 is gone. 
We're going to be writing 2015 in just a few days. Thanks for being part of this community. Enjoy the holidays. Make the Yuletide gay. From now on, our troubles will be miles away. Here we are as in olden days, happy golden days.